Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If you're a fan of all things geeky, you're going to love Concessions, a brand new podcast by comedian Matt Hutton and myself, Beck Hill where we interview your favourite cult heroes at Comic-Cons all across the world. We've got stars from Star Wars, Harry Potter, The Walking Dead and more. Make sure you tune in soon to Con Sessions. Great Big Owl. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Game of Thrones. The Walking Dead Westworld No, that's the West Wing West, Westworld There we go There have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities the depth, the plot lines the hidden story arcs the beauty of these productions. Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one, which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show. Welcome to the The One Show Show, the podcast that self-isolates on its own at the very bottom of the podcast charts. I am John Holmes, and in common with everyone in the media, we are recording remotely in front of bookcases. Bookcases that you can only begin to imagine. Mine has all the big names, Walliams, uh, Dan Brown, Hitler. And you join us as we gaze upon the socially distant green sofas, although not all the way through in this episode... But we'll get to that. So this week then, the swarm intelligence of Chris Packham. The residents of Runcorn stick it to government policy and Josh Groban is unimpressed by a lemon. Joining me to go through it all like coronavirus in a care home are my The The One Show show co-shower Mark Haynes and stand-up animator Ginger Wizard... Alistair Beckett-King, welcome along, everybody. Woo! Welcome along. Uh, I, I would be clapping, John. I can't clap because I'm now holding my mic like a 1990s regional television presenter. <laughs> <laughs> I have to apologise. My claps came in a little bit late because uh, I was holding a cup of tea. That, well, yeah. that's, that's very unprofessional of both of you, is all I'm going to say to start this. Uh, Alistair, welcome back. Uh, you joined us in the last season of this, of course, and, and once again you, you put yourself in the firing line of... Of the one show, how did you get on with? Um, well, we'll start with last Friday, I think. Ricky Gervais and Josh Groban with a guest. Uh, and our two big guests tonight have a very unique friendship formed by 
of all things, a lemon. Hmm. It's Ricky Gervais and Josh Groban. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. How did you get on with it? Well, the first thing, uh, I'm watching it in, in lockdown, of course. Uh, thank you for, for having me back on The The Show. Is that how you say it? <laughs> You'd normally say, thank, thank you, you. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, you, for having me on The The Show. Um, I, I was watching it in, in lockdown, which means that my partner was obliged to share the experience with me, which uh, she was, uh, I, I don't want to say in the other room, because we've only got one room, but she was as far away from me within the same room as, as was possible. Um, shouting over questions because she couldn't understand what was happening just from the audio. It, it, you don't think of it as being a very complicated show. The first thing that confused her was that the co-host <laughs> appears to be called Alex Jones. Is that her name? That is the correct yeah. name, and so, yeah. so she, of course, thought of the InfoWars cons- right-wing conspiracy theorist <laughs> Alex Jones. Yeah. We, we don't know whether the Welsh Alex Jones believes that the Sandy Hook school shootings were a hoax. I think it's safe to say we have to give her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's yeah. the least we can do. Uh, but, I mean, the, yeah, that, so that that was the first note of panic I experienced watching the show. <laughs> well, yeah. it was an interesting, interesting show. They got into their stride now. We've been obviously doing this while they've been isolating on these green sofas sitting far apart so we're sort of now used to the weird camera angles and the setups and so forth but now there really are no studio guests there were studio guests at the beginning isolated on a green poof over there Mm. Uh, but now they all are on screen of course Uh, so we had Ricky Gervais uh, promoting Afterlife obviously um, and Josh Groban the first thing I noticed about Ricky Gervais was he was sitting in front of a collection of his awards yeah yeah very ostentatiously yeah and what was good is that Josh Groban has done enough work with Ricky Gervais to know that if you do a Ricky Gervais Zoom interview, Ricky will be sitting in front of all his awards. So yeah. with Josh Groban able to bring that up, I think in the first thing he said, is Ricky sitting in front of all his awards? <laughs> At least it sort of pricked that bit where you were just going, am I sitting here and is no one going to say anything? Yeah. This is, this is, I mean, what was what was funny about that is I think we've got to the point now where the one thing that Zoom basically allows television shows to do is there are no barriers to who you can get on so you can just approach it's as easy to approach Ricky Gervais as it is to approach some person off EastEnders because they've got the same amount of work to do so you might as well go for that and with Josh Groban and Ricky Gervais I was like that is not a bad bit of booking that is quite impressive yeah Um, they didn't do much with it (laughs) <laughs> I mean, obviously. Well, the yeah. anecdote that they told, because they started off by going, they do the research, so they go, oh, Ricky, have you got any Josh Groban stories? And he had one, which was where he was walking in Beverly Hills mm. and picked up a lemon he saw on the floor and showed it to just a passing Josh Groban. Um, Ricky, we'll have your side of the story first. A lemon? Now, what's the connection between a lemon and Josh Groban and yourself? Yes, do tell, Ricky. Oh, if he denies it, I'm going to sound absolutely mental. <laughs> well, I do remember this vaguely. I was walking around, I think, Beverly Hills, maybe on the way to West Hollywood, me and Jane walking around, and I found a lemon, this beautiful, perfect lemon on the street. There are lemon trees there. It's, it's the land of make-believe. And, <laughs> and as I was looking at a beautiful lemon, Josh just appeared and went, hi, I went, oh, hi. And all I said was, I'd never met him before, right? All I said was, I've got a lemon. That was the story. 
Yeah, I think you've 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 told a little better. I think you've made it. You've given an element of of drama (laughs) that lacks in in the original telling. I'm feeling bad about. um, I've just switched my video off because I have all of my awards in the background on Zoom with uh, swimming certificates, uh, a a Rotarian public speaking award from 1997. Um, Sorry about that. Can I? can I actually just, there is one person who did something funny with this, which was during the big night in, and uh, uh, you may not have seen it, it was a BBC One thing, who knows if we'll be talking about it later, but Jason Manford was doing a Zoom and he stood in front of a bare wall that he'd pinned two A4 sheets that read bookshelves on them, <laughs> which I thought was, I thought was, I mean, the first time that, you know, Jason Manford's made me, made me laugh. Well done. <laughs> Not that that's his. Not that that's his role in life. He doesn't care whether he makes me laugh or not. But no. having worked with him, I mean, you'd think he'd have tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's X One Show, of course. We shouldn't forget that. Jason Manford was um, mm. he, was famously he's... bumped from the One Show during Sexting Gate, wasn't he? Uh, and of course, they, that cleared the way for Matt Baker. Yeah. So uh, if 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 Jason Manford hadn't been a Randy Sexter. We would. The world would not. I have didn't heard know any of, of this. Baker. This is like when people explain how all the characters are related in Lord of the Rings, and it's like, oh, and this one, son of this one, and that one, who was at the, the Golden Gate or something. I don't like Lord of the They're Rings as I look like I really, like Lord of the Rings. So apologies that I can't extemporise Tolkien. <laughs> but it was it was. Uh, uh, a show that was um, well, they're all disjointed. I mean, mm. I want to talk about the Chris Packham film because yeah. that was another classic one show, uh, speaking to its audience but not understanding who his audience actually are. One thing that's getting us all through lockdown and lifting our spirits is our daily exercise, and that's certainly true for Chris Packham, who's invited us along on one of his woodland walks with his dogs. I'm on lockdown at home with my stepdaughter Megan and my two poodles. Right now, it's important for me not only to have physical exercise, but also mental relief. Enjoy your walk. Thank you. fun. So every day, without fail, I get out for a walk with the dogs. So it's a film about Chris Packham, who was getting stir-crazy, or said he would if he couldn't go on his daily walk through the woodland uh, down next to his lovely countryside <laughs> cottage. Mm. Uh, and he talked about uh, the fact that he can get out there with his dogs, Sid and Nancy the Poodles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And 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 what? And he looked at some ants in an ant hill, and he lay uh, lay. He sunbathed, even though that's not allowed. And he did mention that, but he was still doing it, even though he tried to pretend he was no, just. He, he very with clearly said, you, "You're not allowed to sunbathe, but I'm doing it in an intellectual way." Whilst we're out on our daily exercise stints, we mustn't stop to sunbathe. But I'm not doing that. I'm just taking one minute to totally immerse myself in nature. I'm lying down in this beautiful carpet of lesser celandines and so that's okay <laughs> do you know what the police love the police love arguments like that you, 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 you try that argument with a couple of lads from west yorkshire police let's see how it goes down yeah he talked about how it was wonderful to go out just outside his door and 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 every day was a treasure trove he said if you if you go for a walk during lockdown every day is just a treasure trove of natural little gems. I was thinking, yeah, again, you see, Chris, because, you know, people are watching this going, yeah, but my life, Chris, is, you know, this morning, I, I went into a piss-soaked lift from the Grenfell-style high-rise I'm forced to live in. You know, it's a treasure trove of <laughs> shit. It's always important to remember to tune in to those simple things that are around you. They're there 
and they're free. And I walked a hundred thousand times a day, Chris. I walk the same route, and I just see heroin needles and again more tramp shit in the doorway of a soup kitchen. And I just love my daily walk, like you, Chris. And it keeps me sane. You know, I've got to get out. If I'm indoors, I'd go stir crazy. You know, this one bit of exercise a day that I share with my dogs is incredibly important for my mental health. It's about connecting with that nature to access the cure that it can offer me. Put simply, when I'm outside, I feel better. When Chris Packham is saying, and and I like Chris Packham a great deal, I like him specifically because most of the people in the countryside seem to hate him because he's really against hunting. (laughs) And, you know, good on him. I really like Chris Packham. And I actually think as a broadcaster, he's really good because he's different. I think I don't mean that in the sense that he's on the Asperger's spectrum. I mean yeah. that in that he he is just allowed to be himself, and I think that's a sort of unique thing to be a mainstream TV presenter who has a sort of element of danger and is and is exciting. I lo- I do like him. He's obviously you know very good at his job, but there is a thing of, I mean, when Chris Capham is saying you know I, I'd go mad without without my garden, there's a slight thing about going why aren't you people understanding the beauty of nature? I don't have any nature here. I don't. There's just pavements, you know. I, I'm, you know, there, there is nothing to do. And I always sort of slightly feel like people are slightly wagging a finger and going, "Ah, you, uh, you see, you've you've done it wrong. You've done it wrong." It, it, there's a country bias on television, which is always about, you know, the country is proper living, and if you're in the city, you're scum. This woodland is good for my soul, and at its heart is one spot that touches me like no other. This 500-year-old beech tree. I've sat here in sun, rain and snow. I've sat here smiling, sat here crying. This is the place that I come to sit to contemplate my place, my state of mind. Coming here, making a pilgrimage is really, really important to me. Well, this is, again, Matt Baker's obsession with, with Country File that he presents and the fact that he lives on a farm and owns... Yeah, we had this once before, didn't we, where Matt Baker was talking about his nearest neighbour. Mm. They said, oh, they're, you know, 10 miles away on the neighbouring farm. That's my nearest neighbour. And you think, people are watching this in a council house, Matt. <laughs> yeah. You're not relating to them here. Yeah, it's... I mean, I mean, I just... There is... I saw a little thing uh, that was related to uh, uh, the, the pay that the people who presented the BBC's Big Night In uh, were on. And I think someone had been through and found out their net worth using, you know, basically you can type in how much is X worth on Google and up it comes. And you'd be surprised uh, that, like, Davina McCall was listed on this list as having, like, £2 million. That's, you know, what what she's worth. Um, Matt Baker, £7.2 million. And I can only assume that, like, £7.15 million of that is from the valuable farm that he was given, like some kind of <laughs> prince regent. <laughs> My dad's got a caravan. I don't want the caravan. It's worth 300 quid. When he dies, I get a 300 quid caravan that I'll have to dump somewhere, and it will probably cost me money to do that. I'm very bitter about this job. <laughs> My parents had a caravan in Wales that they used to... Uh, a static caravan that they used to go on holiday. That was a holiday. Oh, uh, and a then, static caravan. A static caravan. Not, yeah. not How the other half live. Absolutely. Yeah. Not a wheeled one for the Holmeses. <laughs> Blimey. And they, uh, they stopped going on holiday there about two years ago when Storm oh. Doris threw a tree through it. And, <laughs> and it, and it, it just wasn't worth... You know, the insurance went, well, you know, it's a write-off. We're not going to... We'll sort of pay you a bit, but... You know, it's only worth 10 quid now. Yeah. So that was the end of that. There is, so, something, yeah. there is something about the fact that, that actually when you say that, I think the one part of the show that is for people who aren't really wealthy 
uh, of the one show is Watchdog. Watchdog is the one bit that's for sort of like you poor people who are like, you know, I had had a man come round and he's stolen all the 10p's out of the gas meter and they're like, well, we'll look into it for you. You know, you get your... There was a a sad little thing about Linfold's Wood. Now, some sad news reached us this afternoon. BBC legend and consumer champion Linfold's Wood has died. Along with her husband, John Stapledon, she presented Watchdog for many years and was a tireless campaigner to make Britain safer. What did you make of that, Alistair? Were you aware of the work that... I, I learned things about Linfold's I, I Wood did not. Here. I, I had not you. heard of mm. Linfold's Wood. My, I, I, that was not my Watchdog era. I think, I, I think it was Alice Beer hosting it when, when I watched it. So, uh, oh, yeah. so this, was, this yeah. was new to me, I'm afraid. I don't understand, but it's a really odd thing. Linfold's Wood was around for years, and I don't think I've ever heard anyone comment on the fact that her surname... She's married to a guy called John Stapleton, who's a, yeah. who's a broadcaster as well. She didn't take Stapleton, but her surname is Foldswood. <laughs> <laughs> Folds Wood. It's like a sort of it's a st- it's like an opening of a ballad. Like a ma- <laughs> no one's ever gone. Isn't it a strange name that a woman on television has got the surname like a magic Folds Wood? <laughs> Yeah, exactly like How that. much wood could a Lynn folds wood, <laughs> wood if a Lynn folds, folds wood could, could fold wood? wood. <laughs> Perfect. What a fitting tribute. <laughs> it's what she would have wanted. But I didn't know the tribute that I take from that. I didn't know Lynn folds wood basically invented soft children's playground floor. She was a real consumer champion. When she saw a wrong, she wanted to make it right. She changed so many things. Playgrounds, for example. I remember going out and doing a piece with her when I was in my late teens, early 20s. And playgrounds used to be concrete, and she campaigned to get that changed so that they were much softer surfaces, so that children didn't have such awful accidents when they fell over. When we were growing up, it was all concrete and broken glass in the Neaton, obviously. <laughs> Dog shit. So Linfolds Wood came along and said, no, this is dangerous. You need that floor that we have now in playgrounds that is sort of looks like tarmac but isn't. Yeah. It's sort of it's, that it's nice like bouncy up, stuff. Mashed up old I'm slightly younger than you, and it is. It's a sort of yeah. delicious kind of velour. <laughs> it's absolutely luxuriant. Well, you can thank Lynn thank Folds you, Lynn. Wood for her campaigning. So if anything... Anything is her legacy. And also, they, they said she was so good on Watchdog. And I think I'm right in saying she invented the, the programme Watchdog because she was a consumer champion for mm. the tabloids, wasn't she, in the newspapers? That's right, yeah, uh, yeah. Back in the day. And she kind of invented the programme Watchdog. And they said, oh, it's so amazing that she presented Watchdog. And I'm thinking, well, she is still alive. She, she isn't presenting Watchdog now. So presumably, she got to about 40 and the BBC Ooh, just yeah. binned her off like they always do. Yeah, I, I, I should imagine. So, the, um, I mean, there is something about the fact that they've made so much about Watchdog coming to the one show. And within two weeks of it coming in, yeah. Lynn Foltzwood, the person associated with the most, has... Now, I'm not saying that she died of embarrassment <laughs> or shame. But, John... But, John... <laughs> Alistair, we cannot rule that out. We cannot rule that out. Uh, there, there, it is, I mean, I mean, credit to her. I mean, I mean, as you say, you know, it's amazing that she, she, she's the person who, who made these playgrounds not have concrete floors. It's slightly more amazing that... We used to have playgrounds with concrete floors, <laughs> and people were like, "They used that to just have bits fine. of broken glass." Yeah, she had to come along like, and go. Maybe yeah, we like should walls. get walls. You know, those bits of broken bottles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. The number of times I, I fell off like big spider climbing frames. Do you remember the climbing frame that had a big spider? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 There was a, yeah. It was a big spider thing, and it had these sort of um, jointed legs. So it was basically like five ladders <laughs> going up. Then there'd be a flat ladder. And then a ladder going down and then a spider's body. Now, as a kid, you wanted to get on the spider's body. And that involved basically going up, along and down a ladder 
over some concrete. <laughs> what? what were people? At the age think? of four. I yeah. mean, what? Lim Foldswood may not have been a genius to come up with that, but thank God she did. <laughs> we help to change laws, standards. We help to make homes safer. We did a lot. Yeah, she sort of single-handedly saved the NHS, who before all this coronavirus were overrun with <laughs> children with snapped limbs because they've fallen off a spider. That's right. That's what that's, that's, the younger kids and the older kids had to have different lunch times when you were at your first school because they didn't want to swamp the NHS because 94% of the kids <laughs> would end up in casualty on any given day. Can't face those Twitter notifications? Forgot to watch anything but Netflix? Dreading the video conference small talk at nine? You need a new vitamin, you know. You need the Smart 7. It's a brand new daily podcast that puts your brain into gear. Everything you need to know in less than seven minutes. You need the Smarts? Hey, we got the Smarts. The Smart 7, every weekday at 7am. Available right now on Spotify and all the usual places. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. There was another odd wood bit in the Chris Packham film as well where I I had to I did a slight double take because he he was talking about, you know, the the ants, the, the wood ants you could see here and the the beautiful flowers and the, the the bird song and the beech tree. And then he said, I've got this um, wooden <laughs> yes, enemy. I heard that exactly <laughs> the way you heard no. On every walk, there's something different to see. Look at this beautiful little wooden enemy. I looked up thinking you'd got the horse from <laughs> Troy. But it, <laughs> but it was just a flower I'd never heard of before. But I was thinking, this is great, a he wooden enemy. He also has enemy. a water enemy, a fire enemy and an earth, I think. I don't know. Do you know who he desperately needs here? He needs Lynn. <laughs> Foldswood. 
Yeah. <laughs> Lynn Folds wooden enemy. The thing that confused me about well, one of the problems I've always had with this sort of um, light broadcasting is there's a, there's a convention that you pretend the crew aren't there. Like um, you, you'll always see it. Like we'll be here mm. in the safari, the, the desert, and then we'll pop into our jeep and we'll drive off into the sunset. And you're like, yeah, but you have to drive back and pick up the camera operator who's filming this, so it isn't it isn't real. Yeah, which has always annoyed me. But in the era of coronavirus, my sort of suspicious antennae are all the more heightened because Packham's documentary was pretty well shot, and they didn't explain who in his household of one child who was in the shot and two dogs was doing the photography. Yeah. So I'm I'm here ready to phone yeah. the police about a camera operator who's breaking curfew. <laughs> yeah. I mean, entertaining though it was, a, a Packham film in a wood is not an essential, <laughs> is it? Uh, I don't think we what, can call you know it I that. felt, John, I felt we may have seen Chris Packham walking around a wood and talking about it before. I think I think this didn't feel to me like a groundbreaking piece of Chris Packamiana. <laughs> I tell you what was groundbreaking though, mm. the residents of Runcorn sticking it to the government. Uh, no. There are lots of difficult things with this lockdown, but one of the positives has been apparently neighbours are getting on better. Yeah. So we caught up with the residents of a street in Runcorn as they had their daily catch up on the things we're all talking about. I love uh, this. this was another film where clearly Alistair they sent out to camera I was curious. To, to but, the, but the visuals it. of it, but, it looks like for... Russell T Davis era Doctor Who, where it's just sort of boring suburbia <laughs> and lots of people standing <laughs> in a slightly unsettling way. It yeah. really was, yeah, yeah. And and but you got the impression that well, again, two things. One, do the residents of that street in Runcorn regularly come to the end of their drives? For a, for a distant chat with each other, or have the BBC <laughs> made them do this? Mm. Which way round is it? And if it's the former, which one of them has written to the one show to ask them to come and film it? It's just bizarre. I, I thought it was... Uh, th- there are two things I really loved about it. One, I mean, you're absolutely right, Alistair. It was like there was something unsettling and suburban about it, and that made it feel like an art project by an artist that I find it a little bit difficult to understand what he's doing. Um, yeah. Having loads of people standing quite stiffly, talking about really mundane things. It, it, it's just like an art project where you're sort of going, yeah, aren't, aren't people who aren't artists stupid? I don't I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on what it was. But the second thing I loved is there was something so British about it, which is in the lockdown, the Italians are on their balconies singing opera contraltos and everyone's joining in. And in yeah. Britain... Our big viral hit is a load of pensioners standing outside moaning about the slowness of their refunds for holidays that they've booked and now can't take place. We're supposed to be going to Italy on holiday tomorrow, but we're still waiting for the refund. It was cancelled about three weeks ago. We've got another holiday booked. Holiday of a lifetime. We've planned in Costa Rica next January, and I don't think we'll be going on that either yet. Concerns about whether our travel insurance would actually cover us for coronavirus. It was a really sort of British moan, a low-level moan on everything. The other odd thing about it was was they opened this by... At first, I thought they just put the neighbours' theme tune over it in post-production, but mm. no, they were the BBC, presumably, unless again it's the neighbours that do it, were playing the neighbours' theme tune over a disco <laughs> speaker across this entire street. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Oh, this I love is happening, and, and it's full of great new catchphrases that I've been using ever since I saw it, such as the lady who went, "Well, if it's a paper mask, it'll be wet in no time, and that's no use nor ornament." <laughs> it's, it's going to be wet in no time at all. 
So it's neither use nor ornament. No <laughs> use nor ornament. The, the, a, the motto that. of the one show, no use nor <laughs> ornament. My favourite line from this little bit of the, of the, the cul-de-sac uh, yeah. chat um, it is a, a woman who went, I mean, it's not in the British culture to wear face masks. And I thought, oh, yeah. My little, my, my my little dog go. whistle going up. It's not in the British culture to wear No, it isn't. Uh, face it isn't. Masks. I wonder what they had to cut. To, straight from <laughs> after that because yeah. I bet she went on for 15 fucking <laughs> minutes <laughs> the woman next to her as well was a great she was going no it isn't it isn't no it isn't no it isn't uh, <laughs> you thought, you've got a street of racists oh, it and was amazing not in the British culture to wear face masks <laughs> it's not in the British culture to die of fucking Covid-19 <laughs> we're doing it now you know <laughs> what, what she basically wanted to say was I don't like the Indians <laughs> 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 Make that clear. Make that absolutely clear. Right. I don't like foreigners. They've yeah. brought this disease over. I couldn't them, tell if there. the BBC were asking because it was interspersed with questions that popped up, and I don't know if these were the questions that came up naturally in, in the conversation, like um, you know, uh, uh, should should we let immigrants in and those sorts of things, or if the BBC had asked those questions. But if if they had asked those questions, they were all questions that the people of Runcorn were unequipped to answer. It was things like, when should lockdown end? Like, yeah. Gene from number seven doesn't know. Ga- Gavin doesn't have the answer. Why are you asking? Joe, do you think the elders should be kept in more and just be made to stay in lockdown a lot longer? I sincerely hope they don't lock us down for I longer and longer. I I think it would be good to have an end date in sight. Yeah. I know it's a very difficult balance to get. <laughs> I like, when they said, should they keep restrictions, extend restrictions against the elderly, it was two old <laughs> ladies who, let me tell you, I'm not going to be unbiased about this. <laughs> they, uh, they just began saying, oh, I wouldn't want it to go on. And they went, no, no, me neither. But <laughs> I liked it because... At this time when there's so many people on television being experts or, I mean, early projections would have it, but it's too soon to... I really like the meaningless chit-chat. It was, it, it's exactly what it's like when you just go shopping. And yeah. it was, I think, in, in the future, oddly, some, some of these one-show films will be a better representation of what life was like during the coronavirus than anything else you see on TV. Because largely it's boredom and just old women talking around going, oh, well, I never did. That's what it's like. That's Britain. That's the Britain we love. And that's why we yeah. have to win, damn it's it. no use. No. That's why we've got to beat this thing. <laughs> it's no use or ornament. No use or ornament. That'll be the, 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 the big book about corona. An, an oral yeah. and social history of corona. No use, no ornament. <laughs> Speaking well, of ornaments, Ricky Gervais's awards then. So he'd um, he, he'd got not even all of them lined up behind him, but I think I noticed an Emmy and you know yeah. various other sort of trinkets there. But when you when you do that, so it didn't seem ironic, did it? Do you know what I mean? Because if you you do no. not, you do choose your background. I mean, you're Ricky Gervais. You've got you're working from home as as he said he was, and he said, well, this is just my office. And I think, well, you know, you've got a very neat sort of decanter of sherry or something behind, or brandy or something behind mm. you. And all these awards were very. Carefully I just, spaced out. It do you was... know what it is, John? You might have the awards behind you, but if you were a warm person, then I think, and not a warm, maybe maybe a humble person is a, is a fairer sort of assumption of it. But everything that Ricky Gervais said, you are used to Ricky Gervais saying, and it's gone into your ears, and you might not have picked up on it because you noticed the awards, but you couldn't work out why you were feeling uncomfortable about it. You're feeling uncomfortable about the awards because everything he said, John, was 
like a verbal equivalent of showing off your awards. So yeah. I wrote down some of the lines he said. He talked a, a little bit about, they said, uh, so are you seeing more of your neighbours? And he said, no, no. He said, he said, when I moved in here, we knocked all eight bedrooms into one. Uh, Ricky is still with us, Ricky. Are you getting on better with uh, the neighbours these days or is this kind of an excuse to, to get away from them? Yeah, that, I never let anyone anywhere near the house anyway. So, <laughs> in fact, when we moved here, the first thing I did was knock all eight bedrooms into one big bedroom so friends and family couldn't stay. It's weird. Like, I'd eight bedrooms and I knocked them all into one. And you sort of, I don't know. So I, I began to sort of go, the things he's saying, I don't know if he's, he's sort of lost a little bit of that common touch. He was talking about people writing him letters. I mean, you know, I mean, people normally come up and they say, you know, oh, I, I love the show or well done the Globes. My agent got like 300 letters in the first week. That never happens. No one writes a letter anymore. But it was people telling their personal story. And when people would come up to me, they usually say, oh, like the show or well done at the Globes. And it wasn't a joke. He just no. speaks like that the whole time. And, and those awards behind him are just compounded by the things that he says. It'd be one thing if you had the awards and you go, I mean, it was so many lovely people that we work with here. But when you are constantly going, you know, unrelatable sort of, mate, mate, yeah. I, I know it's American. I know, you know, he's very successful. We all know he's successful. He doesn't need to tell us every third word. I, mean, I, was, but, I think yeah. we should be glad that we've got, because he, he sort of always played that faux arrogant, um, you know, I deserve this kind of thing when he, when he started winning awards. And as you said, it's just it's just mm. started to be a bit weird. He, he's continued to win awards and he's living in wherever he's living in Beverly Hills and he's hugely successful but he hasn't but he hasn't changed the shtick but the joke isn't there anymore but i'm glad because i think the only thing worse than a successful ricky gervais would be an unsuccessful ricky gervais with all of that ego packed into a guy who had all of those dreams but had not had been cheated and 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 uh, uh, and his career sabotaged by all these people. Because the, I would also, I'd be much more likely to know him personally if that had happened. I, I think you're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We don't need two. <laughs> um, also, Josh Groban, who was, all, you know, also in this Zoom chat with the with Alex and Patrick Hilty, uh I looked him up because he also is quite an award-winning star. Yeah, I, you yeah know, he's he, one of those. He's a huge star. I know his name. I vaguely know he's a singer. He, other than that, he has had no impact on my life. And I don't understand how someone could be so big and yet so invisible. We've seen him on the one show before playing the piano, I think. Yeah, that's uh, the only the exposure we've yeah. had to him. That's how yeah. I know he's a singer. <laughs> but when I, well, when I Googled him, he said it said he'd won an award for classical artist crossover. He'd won that. He got some Emmy nominations for soundtrack stuff as well, I think. None of it was behind him. He was just sitting with a blank wall and I think a picture. Yeah. At one point, he was sitting in his shower with a One Show logo he'd printed off himself and sellotaped to the shower like, cubicle. Like, like Giles Brown. And the one show logo stuck up there in the corner. Well, I know that you love the show, but gosh, I didn't realise you'd have a sign in the shower. I got out my scissors and my tape just for you. <laughs> no half measures, you see, with a Groban. No. America's Giles Brandreth. <laughs> Josh Groban! But, but again, I think, you know, part of his huge success, and this is, it, I, I, I know nothing about him, but I think part of his huge success is he does seem to be a relatable, down-to-earth, yes. nice, humble guy. Um, and I suppose if you are going to book him, if you're booking Ricky Gervais, 
yeah, get Josh, Josh Groban on as well, because that will balance out the universe's <laughs> sort of, like, litmus. Well, he also... Ricky also was... Uh, and he always does this as well, which is fine, because that's that's his paymaster, but he was very big on the Netflix plugin. I've never had a reaction like it. And I don't just mean the size of the reaction, because that's a reflection of Netflix having 170 million subscribers. Yeah, OK. Speaking of adverts... Yeah. What happened on the Thursday night in the one-show slot... There wasn't a one show. Mm. What there was instead was the first half an hour from 7 to 7.30 of BBC One's Big Night In. Tonight, for the first time ever, children in need and comic relief have joined forces. So put down that banana bread and stop that online quiz and prepare to be entertained. This is the Big Night In. The Comic Relief Children in Need charity event raising money uh, for both of those charities, but also you know the, the NHS stuff. Why we decided to watch it was because it was shot in the One Show studio. Yep. Yeah. With Matt Baker. Yeah. So a couple of weeks after leaving, he's wormed his way back in there, hasn't he? Yeah. Having isolated all that time. <laughs> yeah. Now he's back. Presumably yeah. a bigger paying gig. I'm to sure. Add to his seven point two million pound estimated fortune. He- he was very keen to say at one point, did you notice this, Matt Baker, when he came off the back of a film, uh, one of the heart-rending films that they, ha- they always mm. have to show, he was very keen to say... And those of us who were taking part in the show tonight, well, we've all made a donation too. I thought that was very donation. interesting. Because very, I think that's the, the yeah, way yeah. We, mm. we've changed, I think. That's us, the viewing public, starting to think that we're being conned by charities. You know, oh, yeah, all these, these, these rich people just telling us to give our money. I, th- I think that has to be in yeah. there. Otherwise, we'll go, no, I'm not having Matt Baker with his nice farm telling yeah. me what to do. I agree. I want to know how much of his farm he donated. And, you know, and I also want to know how much of Lenny Henry's massive house near Reading he donated. And I've, ditto I've, wherever I've, Davina lives. I have personally donated three bucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. They were coming up to the BBE diet. Uh, they, they could not legally have been sold, but I'm happy, happy. To be <laughs> but the, the the advertising that I was mentioning, there seemed to just be eat. a big yes, advert for that was, just That was eat. a borderline. I've written borderline advert on my notes. That was in, incredible for the BBC. Here's my jammer to tell us how Just Eat are supporting the big night in. Come rain or shine, our friends Just Eat have been working flat out. It's a privilege to get food to the people who really need it the most. There's only one thing left to say from everyone here at the Big Night Inn. Thank you. And we will repeat that because a very big night in. Thank you to the entire Just Eat family. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that. Uh, Um, You only watched the first half hour, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, yeah watched, I couldn't stomach any more of that. I watched all three hours. What's right? wrong with you? Oh, <laughs> oh, you've got nothing to do. <laughs> I, was, I, I specifically stayed up till one in the morning to get through the end of it, so no oh, one could say. The God. thing is, you can't criticise like a charity show unless you've seen the whole thing, because how are you to... Well, do you know what? It's... I have, right? <laughs> and now I'm going to criticise it. <laughs> but they had lots of lots of sections throughout, like the Just Eat one. They did for Asda, they did for Sainsbury's, and they would they would have, you know, for many years, uh, Boots has been a huge supporter of children in need. And we, you know, we, we, we've we used it to our advantage, you know, brackets, card, Boots have yeah. an advantage, card, that sort of thing, that, that, that playful pun. But they had those throughout the, the entire thing. And you got to see basically infomercials about how the supermarkets are dealing with the crisis and how they are, you know, reaching out to help. Uh, the poorest and the most vulnerable. And that yeah. was all the way through. But they were just big companies who were 
being promoted on the BBC. Yeah. I didn't, you know, you, you, you saw a couple of food banks and stuff, but why aren't we seeing the charities who are doing all the work talking about the work they're doing rather than Asda giving it the great big boom, boom, boom in a period where they're making, like, I think their profits are up 30%. Yeah, this time last just, year. Ditto Just Eat. I mean, again, they are doing their work. They are delivering food to the needy. That was yeah. kind of the point of the film they were saying. But there is a there is a motorcyclist walking around in a massive Just Eat branded mm. jacket on primetime BBC One. Yeah. And, and it just jarred a little bit, didn't it? Certainly to people of our generation who grew up watching the BBC, that the advertising was absolutely verboten. You would never, ever see it. We, we come from the generation where you weren't allowed to have anyone who was still alive appear <laughs> on a stamp. <laughs> you know, yeah. to, to, I remember there being a big. It was it was on the it was on the like the six o'clock news and then the ten o'clock news when they released a stamp that had Freddie Mercury on it, and it was then later revealed that Roger Taylor could be seen in the background of the shot, and they were like Roger Taylor, a living man, has managed to get on one of the nation's stamps, and he is still alive. Questions in Parliament about whether they should kill him now would that limit the? Because at that time it was believed that being on stamps stole, stole your soul, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah that's what, right. what it did was, I believe, it leached some of the Queen's power. And if you had that and you turned to the dark side, my God, <laughs> um, I, I, I can't quite remember how. I can't quite remember how the news story ended. But I'm, yeah, I think I'm the portal opened. But the um, you cannot forget, of course, that things like Zoom are a commercial enterprise that is, yeah. not, you know, and, and the, I mean, I mean, this show, we've got to a point in the lockdown now where if you have a joke about Zoom in your set, that is now hack <laughs> material. That, that yeah, is, right. for me, Zoom is the new my mother-in-law. <laughs> oh, you know, oh, I tell you what, I, I wouldn't say she was, uh, you know, a slow girl, but it took her seven hours to set up Zoom. People will <laughs> laugh because they go, ah, Zoom. Zoom, the thing, the yeah. thing. <laughs> the banter at the beginning was uh, utterly excruciating as well. Yeah, this wasn't was it? right at the top of the show when they had a little chat about Matt Baker's return to the One Show studio. And welcome to the big night in live from the One Show studio. Matt, do you, do you like what we've done with the place? Do you know what? The jacuzzi in your dressing room was my idea. Ah. There's a jacuzzi. I put a jacuzzi in your dressing room and Matt was like, ha, ha, ha. You know, it was just this really awkward. What have you done with the green sofas, Lenny? I do like it, Lenny, but what have you done with the green sofa? All ah, right. Well, uh, <laughs> yes, myself, Matt and Davina are here with them. Uh, it's just horrible, and that, just and that, forced. And that mad thing about fun. that they really think the green sofas is a recognisable thing across Britain, that you go, green sofa, you go, oh, the one show. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we, 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 we've done it because we've talked about how they keep pushing this green sofa <laughs> agenda as being a thing that everyone's aware of. No one is aware of it. And it came out there. I thought it was. They, they slightly did that thing of Lenny was there, Lenny Henry being funny. And I thought he was actually I really thought so good too, yeah. on this. I think he's a, a really good, sort of genial host on shows like this. He was just. He, he's, a, he's a comic. He just does a nice, flowing yeah. sort of thing. The problem they're hamstrung with, of course, is that they're mixing entertainment with sorrow. And this is a classic one show thing of Handbrake Turn the entire time. That you have to go, we've got the amazing Sam Smith coming up next. And, you know, then they go to a really sort of sad, horrible bit where Sam Smith is singing. (laughs) (laughs) And that brings us to the end of part one of this week's The The One Show show. We'll be here again tomorrow with part two, because, sequentially speaking, that's how this sort of thing works. For your safety, this podcast has been injected with bleach. Goodbye.
Hello, you. My name's Tom Price. Hello, I'm Dave Cribb. You should come and join us every day. We do a podcast called Cabin Fever, where we talk to loads of comedians who've had to cancel everything else in their lives, so they come on our podcast instead, don't they, Dave? Yeah, it's an isolation podcast. Uh, Dave, were you yawning the at the start of that sentence? Then was it just a little yawn? Yeah, it's basically the Great Big Owl Isolation Podcast. We'll have people on from all our podcasts, from your Ruler Threes, your Brian Rogers, your Musicals, your Bitchins. If you like any of our podcasts, if you like any of those people, chances are they'll be logging onto the Zoom call and just chatting. Because let's face it, they got nothing else to do. Also, there'll be a quiz on the bell. All right, see you soon. Lots of love. Cabin FE that's our Twitter name. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.